Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 55 of my podcast, I Stand Strong. I, as always, am Teddy, coming at you from my bear cave in the concrete jungle of the beautiful Midwest. Um, okay, let's do this. Um, today, I will be talking about, since the the year that is 2023 has wrapped up, I'm going to decide to go over the, do kind of a best of um it's probably going to be two different episodes through my best of, but uh, th- today it's going to be my best of um, the best video games I played this year. Uh, I mean, oh Jesus, uh, yeah, it's you know it's a big thing to me. You know, video games kind of have a big part to play in my my existence, so to speak. So uh, yeah, so we're doing my my favorite games that I played this year. Um, so I'm going to start right off the bat with uh, putting out the one there that's already been talked about heavily, considering I did a whole episode with Tony all about it, um, Spider-Man 2. You know, there's nothing really more I can say than what I said in the uh, my review with him. Um, yeah, great game, really good follow-up to, you know, to the original one, uh, to to Spy- Marvel's Spider-Man, uh, or Sony's Spider-Man. Um, yeah, so there you go. Just got that one out of the way early because, like I said, I've, I've already talked so much about it that uh, really kind of pointless to say anything else about it. Um, yeah, so with that, okay, let's, let's jump into ones that I haven't talked about. Um, well, we may have talked about this next one. Um... Second one I'm going to talk about, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, really good follow-up to uh, Breath of the Wild. Did everything right. Um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot they did that was bad with the game. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Breath of the Wild only because uh, I felt like the story, like, you know... <laughs> Story was weak on Breath of the Wild, and I really kind of didn't like the fact that there were no like major dun- you know the the major dungeons were kind of played down. Um, Tears of the Kingdom answered it, you know, uh, or you know, kind of like res- like felt like they responded to my my criticisms, even though I never put them out there that I can remember. Um, on top of like the. The abilities they give you are really good for the gameplay. I mean, they really enhanced the gameplay just by changing the abilities. You know, like your your fusion ability, which allows you to build anything you can think of with the resources around you, is just awesome. On top of the fact that you also have, um, you know, the ones that help with traversal, mainly the... Uh, I don't, I don't even remember what they... I think they called it Ascend was the ability. And it's like, basically, if you can get into a cave and get a flat surface within range, you can travel through the, the mountain. And, like, you could traver, traverse a lot higher, a lot quicker without having to waste your stamina. And that was that was really cool to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's a perfect game. You know, they definitely... Uh, Definitely made some some decisions that I wouldn't say were you know perfect, but they were 
you know, it was, like I said, I think it took everything that was good about Breath of the Wild and amped it up and made it better. Um, you know, definitely storyline-wise, you know, like the story was actually there in this one. And I was really happy for that because, you know, I'm, I have to admit, like sometimes I will put story above gameplay. You can have some shoddy gameplay if your story's good. Or, um, you know, not like even games that are way more cinematic. Like, I love the super massive games. Um, like, uh, oh God, what do they call their. Well, Until Dawn was the first one they did, but then they've also done the... Oh, God. I cannot think of the name of the, the series they do that's almost like an anthology. But, um, God, it's they're, they're really good games. But, like, really, you're playing a movie. You know, you're you're interacting with the, the world. But for the most part, you're... You're just playing, a, a you know, like, reenacting a movie. Um, Dark Pictures Anthology. That's what they call the series. But no, like, I, I love that. So the fact that they put the story back into Zelda for Tears of the Kingdom, definitely a good one for me. Um, oh, God dang it, my phone turned off. Um, there we go. Uh, okay, so we'll go to the one I've probably put the most time into this this year, um, mainly with Tony, and that's Diablo 4. Um First Diablo game I remember playing like a lot was Diablo 3 on, I think it was originally 360. Um, I put a lot of time into it with Tony and then later on Xbox One and now on, Siri, you know, on, well, PlayStation 5 is what we play Diablo 4 on. Um, yeah, I think that they, I think they really did everything they needed to do on this one. It feels like a good mix of three and what little I played of two. You know, they really brought in some of those aspects. But, like, the classes are just, like, so much fun. Um, you know, I have a maxed out level druid that I think me and Tony can run, like, level 60-some-odd uh, nightmare dungeons, which is really high up there. And the, Like, you know, it's but it's so much fun just to, like, put some time into the world. Um, the story really is kind of a little bit weaker than three. Um, like I found myself a lot of the time towards the end of the game, uh, kind of, uh, you know, putting, uh, you know, like skipping the cuts, the, the, the dialogue heavy moments because, for the most part, the dialogue kind of like, or the the story kind of fell apart a little bit towards the end in a way. Um, but that was just me. Like, I know there's probably a lot of people who love the story on this one, but the end game definitely, the end game loop definitely feels a little more compelling in this one than three did to me. Um, you know, slowly leveling up your character, the Paragon board thing. God, thank God there are. Uh, uh, people out there that have built that for built for your different character or class builds, because I would have never figured those damn things out. That is so complicated to me. Um, but yeah, I've put God. I had to. I have to have put close to a hundred hours into that game between two different characters I'm playing because I have my druid, and then I've got for a season two character, I've got a rogue that's. 70 some level 70 something um but yeah no it's just like 
it's so much fun that and it's a great game for you know put on put on the game mute the tv audio and put on a podcast and just grind you know doing hell tides or doing random dungeons or doing nightmare dungeons you know stuff like that just to to fill some time um yeah so diablo 4 really strong one um yeah, I don't think I can really say enough good things about it. Even even with my detractions to the story, like cause I remember um, a couple other people started uh, playing it, and me and Tony were like really hesitant to help them at points, just because God, the storyline is so boring at points that it was like, yeah, we were we were. I mean, don't get me wrong, I I still helped them, but at the same time, I was like, I was so much happier when they were out of the story, and all it was was the post game, you know, the, the end game loop stuff. Um, let's see here. Ooh, another great one for the switch. Um, this one I only discovered because Tony bought it for me. Um, and that's Metroid prime remaster. Uh, this is one of them. Like I, I had always heard about the the Metroid Prime games, and I want to say I tried to play a little bit of the original Metroid Prime. It might have been Prime Two, um, back on the GameCube when it first came out. But when they did the remaster, Tony was raving about it, and I just happened to mention, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I've ever played that one. And next thing I know, I had a download code for it, and. Yeah, it, it is a great Metroid game done in first person. Um, like, I remember the, you know, seeing, you know, like little little things in there that just like shocked me with how well, like there's just how good it looks for the Switch. Because the Switch isn't the most, um, you know, like powerful system out there. Like, I remember the first time I was fighting something, I realized when you fire certain, I think it's like the powerful rockets or whatever, you can see Samus's face reflected in her visor that you're, you know, but you're seeing things from her perspective, but like you see this flash and it's like the flash on her face is reflecting off the visor. And it was just this really cool moment. Um, Probably not the most graphically, you know, powerhouse game there is but man it was it's strong i still haven't finished it admittedly but it is definitely one that when i get the time i break out my switch and my pro controller and i'll start playing it because it it is really well done and and it's very intuitive amazingly for um you know for the game because it's saying you know you're you get into something like they do it just enough to kind of hint at what you need to do without actually having to tell you or pop a, a dialogue box up on the screen and say, Hey, do this to, you know, get through these, this certain point. Um, a lot of backtracking, which can be a little bit frustrating. I know there's a lot of people think that they don't like like Metroidvania style games because of that. But I don't know. This one just, it makes it fun to like, you know, okay, I have to backtrack all the way across and like, you know, constantly open up your map and see where you're going. But yeah, it is definitely one of those ones that I would you know suggest to people. Um, and it's not overly expensive. I want to say it's only like 25, 30 bucks, um, which is to me how you should do these remasters slash remakes. You know, I mean, 
Well, I guess I guess with some of them, like you know, like with you know the Silent Hill remake that's coming up, um, it sounds like for the most part they're rebuilding a lot of that game from the ground up because they don't still have the source code for the original Silent Hill two. Um, but with this one, they clearly probably still had the source code. They just kind of like ran it through better engines or what. I, I don't pretend to understand how all this works. Um. So yeah, Metroid Prime remaster, really well, really worth the play. Um, you know, it 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 che- it checks all the boxes to me. Uh, ooh, this next one I could talk a little bit about. Um, okay, the next one I'm gonna go with because I am such a Harry Potter fan. I was super excited for this game. And thank God I got a PS5 when I did because it came out only on PS5 for the longest time. That's Hogwarts Legacy. Um, this game did everything it needed to do to appease me. You know, setting the story at least long before Harry Potter existed um, made it way more compelling than if they would have just set it in the same time frame as Harry Potter to me. But, like, you know, getting to see, you know, this world the wizarding world from this standpoint of like long before, you know, the boy who lived in Voldemort. And I, I don't even think there's references to uh, Grindelwald in this game. Um, but yeah, it, it does a li- some things a little bit different because like your character, uh, you start out and you're technically, you should be like a third or fourth year, I believe. Um, but you started wizarding training late because you're like especially powerful or something. I I can't remember the exact storyline to that, but then it kind of starts diving into the story of like, why does all of a sudden you, you you have this ability to touch this ancient magic and you know, the, you know, you start finding out that there was, others before you that had this this ability to touch this ancient magic and was it necessarily a good thing um yeah but like the 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 combat in it was like really well done i mean of course mostly it's you know using spells and yeah the combat was really like i felt the combat worked really well i really liked the um you know the ability to hop on a broom or later in the game you get like a hippogriff or uh, Festral that you can ride. And I really, I really liked doing those kinds of things. As well as like, you know, I went through the world and tried to find like all the special chests, like all the special dungeons um, were like, you know, just like the, the smallest unlockables were hidden. Um, I want to say I went through and did like all the, you know, like all the special trophies for, you know, using different spells in different ways. And I remember I caught all the, uh, the keys so you can open, uh, or no, it's tokens. So you can open the, the chest in your, uh, your, uh, house dorm room. Um, which really all it gives you is a, a special skin for your character, which if there was a detraction, I think it would be that. The fact, like, you find a lot of loot on this in the game, but not a lot of it is really worth anything. Um, 
some of it is just good for the the cosmetic of it which of course they do have a transmog ability so you can you know like whatever you're wearing you can transmog it to look like clo other clothes you have that you think look cooler otherwise your character would look really crazy because some of the gear they give you that's like really really powerful doesn't look the greatest um yeah they, they do a really good story you know uh, you get a lot of build um, around like these these other ancient wizards that knew about the power to touch this ancient magic and how they, you know, they have locked, you know, kind of tried to protect it so that the wrong people aren't using it because it is so powerful. And yeah, it, it was it was I think it was the right amount of challenging and I could see it also being a great game to put you know, like a preteen or somebody in front of it, and they'd have fun with it. Um, I liked the, the fact that it builds the lore in a lot of different ways. You know, it builds uh, the lore of, like, you know, there are other schools out there, which, of course, you know, like I know in Fantastic Beasts, they talk about there is a school in America, but in this one, they talk about there is one in Africa somewhere. Um, and you actually interact with a character that, like, she originally went to that school and her mother's, like, I think, was her mother the charms teacher? I can't remember what, uh, what, te what, like, what class her mother teaches, but she's, you know, she's a student at Hogwarts now and, you, you know, she becomes one of your best friends and then you get best friends in, like, pretty much any of the houses, um, you know, the... I think the only thing I really didn't mess with much in this game was they had like an animal breeding system because you eventually get the, the room of requirements and that becomes like you can customize it any way you want where you can like grow the plants you want and uh, they have like special rooms for like animals that you catch. You can protect them by you know releasing them into these rooms in the room of requirement where they can have their own natural environment and you can like breed them, but I never messed with that system. It just seemed like other than the, the quest, you know, the, the one time you have to do it for a quest, I didn't touch it again. Um, it just didn't, it didn't appeal to me, but yeah, Hogwarts legacy. Um, if you like the Harry Potter world and you're, you like that kind of, you know, that kind of combat because let's face it it's all spells it's it is so worth playing um you know and, and it was one of them that i i devoured pretty pretty heavily and i think i even went through and did like all the merlin challenges which some of those are just balls hard um so yeah hogwarts legacy i i i highly suggest it um there's rumors right now that there's either gonna be a dlc or they are working on a sequel Either way they go with that, I'm excited. I'd like to see what else they can do with the world. Because even though Hogwarts Legacy maybe isn't a perfect game, which I don't believe the, a perfect game exists, um, it definitely could be like, you know, like, hey, here's a proof of concept. We've proven people will, you know, buy this stuff. Now, here's the real game we want to build. So I'm kind of curious to see if, like, if they do a Hogwarts Legacy 2 or even a DLC if they refine some of it a lot more and make it, you know, better. 
because I definitely could see the room for improvement in you know in the game. Like you know, like I I kind of agree with a lot of people online. I'd love to see Quidditch added into it because you do get flying lessons and whatnot, but you never you never get a Quidditch game. And I would love to see them do a Quidditch. You know, see put see them put Quidditch in. It, you know, even if it's just a a small piece, I'd love to see some Quidditch stuff just for the fun of it. <clears throat> okay, yeah, this might be a short episode. Because um, I'm already on my honorable mentions. Um, so for my honorable mentions, I'm going to go with one of them that I actually didn't complete. And I really, like, I kind of fell off of it. But I could see, I, I, I go with it only because I can see the potential it has to go other places. And at some point in time, maybe I will decide to bang my head against the wall some more and play it. And that's Lies of P. Um, you know, this this game should have been should be like right up my alley because it's a, a Souls-like, but it's a steampunk Pinocchio story. So you are playing as Pinocchio um, in a world where like the the puppets that Geppetto has created have been used as like servants or whatever, but they've, they, you know, they've started this uprising and you wake up on this train in the middle of, I can't remember the name of the city, what they call the city. And the, the blue fairy, um, who's like a butterfly is like telling you basically you need to wake up and get going because that, you know, you're needed to, to help this work, this city. And you get, you know, you get Gemini Cricket, who ends up being, I want to say he, he has some kind, like, I think, like, maybe he's the, like, the ability to, like, track where you're going or whatever. I can't remember exactly what his purpose is, but I know he has a purpose. But the, the overall, it was just, like, to me, it, it had some mechanics to it that were a little janky because there's, like, a perfect block system and it becomes very, very necessary, like at a certain point in the game. And when it does, like it just it doesn't work. It didn't work for me at least the way it was probably supposed to, because it was like really janky on the 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 timing of it. So I just like I banged my head against it. I played it. I think I got through like three, maybe four bosses, and a couple of like the. I can't remember what they call like there's these little like kind of like like almost like mini bosses hidden through throughout the game that are like you know average human sized people like one of them's dressed as a donkey and I found like a couple others um and they give you like basically they're just good for like experience and getting used to the the systems as well as being pretty damn challenging on a couple of them cuz some of them are pretty uh, aggressive with their attacks. Um, what I think it did right is I do kind of like the the weapon mechanic to it because it it makes for a way better customization because like really the customization of your character like you know in most of the the FromSoft games the clothing you wear really have like minimal effect on your you know your your character it's really more about like you get the weapon your weapon has a set scaling you scale that to get your weapon stronger blah 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 well um 
With this one, they have like this mechanic of like you can find weapons and you can break them apart and keep the handle or the blade and combine them with another one to make the weapon that better fits you, you know, how you want to play the game. And it makes for some really cool mechanics and some really good customization to your ability. Cause like, you know, like I've heard several people, cause I've watched several YouTube videos where people break down like, you know, their playthrough of it and whatnot. And, you know, a lot of people talk about how like, you know, they found a certain handle that would have a, a, a special ability to it that they would, they would keep that handle, but they'd change out the blade as they'd go for different boosts from the blade. And I like the ability to do that. And I, I really hope that um, this game, like, the I can't remember who devel- who the developers were, but I'm really hoping the people who made this game can really refine the game a little more. Because um, I kind of felt like while I was playing this, like, oh, this must be what trying to play the original Dark Souls or Demon Souls back on, like, PS3 era um, would have felt like. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was a little too clunky at points, but I definitely see what they were going for. And it, I will probably go back and revisit this game at some point, uh, Lies of P at some point in time, just to see if maybe I was just, wasn't in a good mood for it or something and, or see if I can just like get it to click because like, you know, like I remember playing Sekiro the first time. Um, it didn't, it wasn't clicking with me. Like I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And then at one point in time, you know, you're fighting, uh, Genichiro and it just clicks. Like everything clicked with me. Um, and Sekiro and this one definitely feel very much the same as far as, you know, there's a certain point where if the mechanics aren't clicking with you, you're never you you can't brunt brute force your way through uh, Sekiro Shadows Die twice. Um, there there is no <laughs> there really is no brute force in your way through it, and I kind of felt the way with this one. Um, so yeah, at some point in time, I will go back and probably revisit this one just to. See if maybe I just wasn't in a good mind, you know, the right place to try to play it. And maybe it'll all click and I'll finish it off and I'll be even more happier with it because I love the idea of it. I love the concept of steampunk Pinocchio. I love a good from soft game or souls like game. Cause I played, I played others games that are, um, you know, souls likes that were not made by from soft. And I liked them, so I, I really want to like this one. And I really like the concept of it, even if the even if the the like I said the perfect block system or perfect parry, whatever they called it, just didn't didn't work for me. Um, so yeah, that hence why it's an honorable mention. Um, okay, yeah. And now for my last honorable mention. The only reason this one is an honorable mention is because I have not completed it yet because I just bought it like maybe a week or so ago from PlayStation Store because they had it on sale. But it has quickly become my new new obsession, so to speak. Um, And that is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Um, 
I played Fallen Order back in the day when, because I think it was when Tony got his Series X, um, it came with Jedi Survivor. So I actually played it on uh, Xbox One because he had it because he had it so i just downloaded it or maybe it was xbox one i don't maybe he bought it for xbox one i don't remember i just remember he bought a system and it came with it and i played through the game and i remember just being blown away at the fact that it's basically a mashup of star wars metroidvania and um from like souls likes uh and everything they did right in the first one they made better in this new one um the customization of cal Kestis is really good i really like the story it's telling so far um i think it does a good job at following up with where cal is after the first game because you know it's it they make it very clear that it's been you know several years have passed since the first game um but in this one you get to go to a lot of planets that were like are really cool to explore like you do get to see coruscant you know mid you know in the midst of the the empire um because the first game takes place what probably like six or seven years after order 66 is executed and cal is hidden away you know you know not using his force powers and then to protect somebody he uses them and thus starts his path back to the force um yeah and this one it's it's been years since the the finale of the first game and cal's on coruscant as a prisoner um because there's a bounty on his head so the first level is pretty much just kind of breaking loose from coruscant and you know getting back to your ship so you can get off planet um there's more to it than that but i don't want to spoil anything for anybody um yeah and then from there it becomes you know trying to get you know find the the members of your you know your your former shipmates from the first game uh so that you can you know try to figure out what's going on because you start finding the hints of a, a lost city that could be the key to like basically making it so the empire can never find you again. Um, and yeah, from there it just, it definitely, amp I feel like this one definitely amps up the Metroidvania style of it because um, as you go, you do unlock new abilities that will allow you to get through different, um, you know different points in the map so it's like you know there'll be a bunch of stuff you can't access at first and then all of a sudden like oh i got that ability let's see let's go back to kobo and uh kobo or kobu i can't remember the name of the hub world now but um and go around and see if we can't figure out like does it will this open up something new on that map and since they have that as a hub world you also use there's a cantina that you go to and as you go through the game you can find people and send them back to the cantina basically that and they'll they'll add something to the cantina so you do find like at one point you get a mission to find this uh lady and her droid and she was because she was going out into the wilderness to record sounds because she's a musician 
so you go and save them and next thing you know they're back at the you know the cantina and the the, <laughs> the droid is DJing and you can find more music for him to play as you go through the game or you know you meet a, a bounty hunter there and she'll she'll start like giving you hints on where you can find other bounty hunters that are looking for you and by taking them out you get their bounty pucks which you can turn into her for um like rewards and you know most of the rewards you get given are geared around customization to your lightsaber blaster you bd uh bd1 or every now and then it'll be like uh you know like perk perk points that you can put away because like they have i think you start out with like three perk points and certain perks are worth different points so like you kind of have to do a game of like okay i want to use this one but it takes up four points so i can only use three other you know other ones to make up for the three points or whatever um and that really makes it interesting because like you know I, I use one that is kind of a staple of um souls likes which is like you know basically it gives you more i can't remember what they is it, i think they just call it force points for you get you get more xp for slaying enemies um but uh but no this this game where it stands best is it just it meets everything you'd want to do to like to feel like you're a Jedi, especially when you get later in the game and your force powers are a little stronger and you have some of the cooler traverse, you know, abilities to traverse. So you eventually get like a a dash that allows you to get over, you know, further further gaps, or you get um, your grapple hook, which you can upgrade later. Um, and you know you, you just get all this stuff that like allows you to move around and it's just like it all feels so intuitive like once once you get into it it's like you you're just doing things without even you know you can just suddenly traverse the maps without even thinking about it you're like oh look there's a wall i can wall run so you wall run and like oh look and then you can jump to a grapple point and yeah it's it is so awesome um once again, I'm I'm almost done with it. I'm pretty sure, with, at least with the main story. But the game is is so good and you know enthralling to me that I'll probably stick with it and try to get like all the collectibles. And who knows? Maybe I'll 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 hundred percent it. I don't know. Um, I've thought about like, do I want to go for the platinum trophy? Because I know it will take a little bit of time. Because I do have to like use every different um lightsaber stance which is another thing that they i don't remember that being in the first one um you have like four or five different stances i mean you have the obvious you know single lightsaber you have dual bladed which is kind of become the one i use the most because it's the easiest for taking care of groups of enemies um you get a dual wield eventually that one i've played around with a little bit and i like it but i definitely need to play around with it some more i know you eventually get a blaster stance which i haven't played with at all other than when i first got it and it you know it has you do like a a, a small tutorial with using it and then eventually you get a oh i can't remember what they call the the stance but it's basically like you get like a um God dang it. You, you basically get like a, 
like a claymore version of this the lightsaber similar to um oh god dang it i just had his name uh ben solo in the the newer star star wars trilogy um god dang it it's gonna drive me nuts till i can think of his name but anyways, you know, so yeah, you get you get the one that has the so it has like the the two vent ports off the side that look kind of like a, a hand or like the the cross hatch of the the handle just before the blade. And it that stance I had to switch to that stance and learn it a little bit because there is a boss fight in the end game where it's like it's the only one because it has the best defense. And he just hit so hard and so fast that it's like you kind of just have to use it for the defense and then just get a couple slow swings in because it does swing a lot slower um, considering the you know the way you have to hold it. Um, and then get the hell away from him to you know <laughs> to get ready for your next salvo kind of thing. Um, you know the the. The block system is really kind of cool. I mean, of course, you have the if you block at just right time, you will parry and break some of their their guard. Um, but you can also just break their guard just by being aggressive if you can do it right. Um, and I kind of like that system, especially when it comes to certain uh, certain enemy types. Um, I've definitely found a couple bosses that fall into the gank boss category unfortunately because i did find a certain spot in the game where like i just wandered into the wrong room and all of a sudden i was getting attacked by three three guys that were i'm guessing they're supposed to be sith because they use lightsabers and and the force but they're you know they're definitely not jedi that's for sure um but the sith are really kind of like yeah i don't know they're, they're dark jedi because Sith is kind of a specific version, if you ask me. Um, but yeah, they they team up on you, and thank God it's it is a fight where it's like if you defeat one of them and then die when you come back, only two of them will be there because it starts out with three of them, and it is just brutal to fight all three of them at once because there's just too much coming at you. You know, whether it's lightsaber attacks or force attacks or one of them uses a blaster and he'll just spam the blaster if you're too far away from him or he'll throw grenades out there. And it just, it makes for some really, really pain in the ass fights. But then again, as a, as a Souls-like fan, I think gank fights are stupid. I really wish they'd go away from using that particular plan in games because it seems like every Souls-like will have at least one gank boss and it's just it's it it loses a little bit of fun in that situation you know it's like you know you're you're fighting your hardest and you're really fighting since you're usually fighting three people that use very different you know techniques there's really no solid way of doing it other than just banging your head against that wall until you you know, you defeat them. Thank God a good chunk of like the best gank fights I've ever done. If you do defeat one of the three enemies or however many enemies, enemies they are next time you're in there, if you die, you'll only have to fight what was left. 
Um, like I remember they do that in Bloodborne. There's a point where you're in a spot and there's three, uh, I don't even know what to call them, but like there's three guys in this room and one of them uses a, a cannon as his main weapon. One of them uses like these claws and he'll go all like beast mode on you and go super fast and use the claw, like the hand claws. And the other one uses, um, like a flame, is it a flame or electricity rod? I can't remember, but he uses some kind of weapon where he has to be up close, but he has a little bit of mid range. And those three are just a pain in the ass. But thank God, like, you know, the way they designed it, if you die after defeating one of them, when you come back, you only have to fight the other two. And that that's really the best way to do it if you're going to do a gang fight. I think the only time in a FromSoft game, and it is in a FromSoft game, that they've made the, the gank fight actually work is in the original Dark Souls or Steen and Smo is, is probably the only time it's been done right because they balanced it right. You know, Orstein, you had, you know, this fast, can cover a lot of distance really quickly um, using electric attacks and whatnot. Um, and then Smo would use like this giant hammer and, but he was, since he was so big, he'd be so slow. And you had these pillars in the arena that you could kind of use them for, protection at times to try to kind of like separate them out so you kind of try to you know like you could you could basically outpace smo and try to keep orstein out you and take care of orstein first so then you could take care of smile afterwards um yeah i think that's the best that's ever been done um just because i think they took the time to make the balance of the two characters attacks and whatnot um work properly I mean, maybe the the shadows of Yarnum and Bloodborne, um, they kind of do okay with that one. But even that one, if you get the wrong uh, RNG on it, like you you get your ass just smoked before you know it. Because if you get too many of like you know like if one of them starts spamming a certain attack, it'll just kill you because there's nothing you can do to get away from it while fighting two other guys. Um, yeah, I think that's, so I think that's going to do it for my games, my, my favorite games I played this year. So, uh, just to recap that, if you're, you know, for anyone listening, um, so we have Diablo four, which I play on PS five, but it's on Xbox, it's on PC, and you also have, uh, Crossplay compatibility with that one, which is really nice. Um, Legend of Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom on the Switch. Uh, Sony Spider-Man Two, also PS Five. Metroid Prime Remaster, which is on the Switch. Once again, awesome game. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Also out for, I believe, PS5, Xbox Series. Um, pro- I, I don't know if they ever actually did the backwards compatible ones for PS4 and Xbox One. I know there was talks of it, but I never heard if they actually did it. Um, and then my honorable mentions, Lies of P and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. 
Um, I look forward to digging more into... I, I have a feeling at some point in time I might dig more into Jedi Survivor on here just because uh, between the, this one and uh, the, the Jedi... Or, yeah, Fallen Order... Um, I really am starting to agree with some of the early reviews I heard for Jedi Survivor, which is if they can do a third game and nail, stick it, uh, keep you know keep it at the quality of Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor, it'll be the best trilogy produced since the original trilogy of Star Wars, and I can't argue with that statement. It so far, Survivor has been like. Fallen Order and Survivor has been one of the best stories told in the Star Wars universe in a long time. Uh, so yeah, so what what are some of your favorite games this year? Um, let me know at uh, standstrongcast at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, you can email me there with you know your favorite games you played this year. Tell me why I'm wrong on something. Hell, if you played Lies of P and you got through it, tell me what I missed. Um, so yeah, I will say with that, I will say thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting me and talk to you in two weeks. Bye-bye.